Welcome to Avoid the Confusion, the podcast where we delve deep into the minds of top performers in their respective fields. I'm your host, Kenny Robinson, and each week my goal is to bring you inspiring guests who will share their stories and strategies for success. Here at Avoid the Confusion, we believe that mental toughness is the key to achieving your goals. We explore the power of not giving up. We showcase the many failures and obstacles that are part of the journey towards success. So join us on this weekly journey of discovery as we bring you stories that show we are all human and that success is achievable with the right mindset and strategies. Get ready to be inspired to be the best version of yourself and Buckle up and don't forget, this is Avoid the Confusion. Everybody, welcome back. Thankfully today, I was able to get the busy, super talented Mike Claudio to sit down for a few minutes and pour into everyone. And uh, I'm going to introduce Mike real quick. Uh, For those of you who don't know, I became a business owner a long time ago and like sort of the idea behind the podcast here to avoid the confusion. I was somebody that was inherently confused big time. And uh, I had a ton of revenue coming in in a, in a pretty short amount of time, but hemorrhaging money, had no idea how to be a business owner. So I looked out, started trying to find someone that could come into my life and help me understand a lot of things that I didn't understand, found Mike speaking at an event, decided to hire Mike as a coach, and ultimately led me to a point where I've been able to join the team as a coach. So there's really nobody so far that I've had on here that I have been more excited to share because not just talking about my journey at times and my struggles is Mike was there for him. Mike was one of the first people to be like, what the hell are you doing, bro? Figure out what you want. So Mike, thank you so much for being here with us today, man. And uh, if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself real quick and we'll jump right into it. Yeah, man. Um, So I've been around the block a little while. I've been in the construction space, home service space for about 10 years, coaching for the last, you know, almost five years now, which is kind of crazy. Um, but no, I'm the guy you come in when you want to have the real truth. I mean, people say all the time, like they call me when they want the real answer. Not that people, I think, give false answers. I think they give partial truths, right? They're afraid to call people on their shit. They're afraid to be direct. They're afraid to say like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Figure this shit out together. Let's do it together. But like, no, that like you saying I didn't have time to work on that is no longer a valid excuse. And so I bring this, I've always called it aggressive accountability. I'm going to love you so much that I'm going to tell you exactly what you need to hear. And you are very rarely going to want to hear what I have to say. And you're going to fight it. And you're going to battle what I have to say. And you're going to assume I'm wrong. And you're going to try to do it your own way. And you're going to say, well, that, and then you're always going to come back and just do it the way I told you from the beginning. And that's not a cocky thing. It's more of a, like, I've just found it with like our mission statement at WinRay Consulting is we simplify and systemize the growth of companies by having an impact with every conversation we have. And so I have just found, built, strategized, understood different systems tools to allow you to simplify and systemize. Like most people just say, well, it can't be as easy as you just said, but it really is just do these three things and it will work. It's the accountability around the patience to make it happen, the accountability around doing the work to its fullest potential is there. But man, like I just, I talk to like business owners every day. I mean, at this point, like you said, you're on the team, which is a huge blessing to me, but I have 10 CEOs that are on my team call every week. You know, that's intimidating as shit sometimes, right? But it's ultimately, it's an testament to the impact I've made in people's lives over the last five years. And the consistency of mission, vision, and core values that I've operated by. So I think my introduction is I'm one of the most disgustingly disciplined, consistent people you're ever going to meet. And I love it because I needed that in my life because I was one of the most confused people you had probably (laughs) ever met. And uh, I was too dumb to know the difference. So I had no idea what to do in business. It was easy for me to follow direction because I knew what I was doing wasn't working. So it was pretty pretty easy you said do this and i was like okay i'll try it what i'm you know what i'm doing is clearly not working man but uh so part of the show what i like to do is um kind of dive a little bit into uh who mike claudio is and some of the really man i like to talk about a lot of the struggles early on you know because i know it's easy for people to look at you and look at win rate and you know you have this big beautiful house you have a beautiful family you're posting about all these things and it's easy for people to see that stuff and think man it must be really easy to run a coaching company so uh i would like to just hear about a little bit about your story early on and not what made you get started none of the you know the the, the generic stuff we typically talk about but man talk a little bit about how you decided like this is what i want to do 
and uh and, hey, bro, and i cried of... last week about bullshit that we were going through and hard decisions <laughs> like it's still hard you know I, I think the struggle never really goes away because every day is like day zero because of like how fast the world evolves now you know yes. like with the speed of information the speed of change the speed of understanding the speed of access like things change almost on a daily basis you know almost every day is it, it brings a new struggle to the field you know especially as you grow like if you actually are trying to evolve and grow you know we went from five to 18 employees in a year you know like that's fast i don't know and, and there's people out there right now going oh, that ain't that fast cool i'm i'm, I'm really maybe i'll hire you as my coach one day but for me that was fast and it was hard and it came with challenges and rough waters and but we've been able to build a team that i think as uncomfortable as it is supports each other really well in the good and the bad you know we're going to hold each other accountable because that's just how you maintain a standard and it's it's good bad and indifferent sometimes but it's part of what i think made us who we are but that came from how many times in the beginning i negotiated the standard to please people or avoid conflict you know perceived conflict or you know protect people's feelings and so i negotiated my standards or negotiated what i would accept or negotiated how i would be allow myself to be treated or and that's how that's where all the lessons came from you know and so i was a people pleaser for years i was the guy paying for everything i was the guy hosting all the parties paying for every tab you know going above and beyond for people and always felt like, well, one day someone will be there for me when I need it, right? Like, I'm going to operate like this because this is who I am. And I got burned several times pretty badly. And I'm not going to go into extreme detail, but mm -hmm. it was like I got let down um, pretty badly. And I'll, I'll get into the most recent one, which was in 2019. But what happened was, and this is where I learned the standard and discipline and, and my boundaries and, and understanding a few key things is I went from like giving to everybody, getting fucked over and then said, well, then I'm not going to give to anybody ever again. Like fuck people. Right. But what I realized was I was actually worse off protecting that. Like, because my deepest, my deepest inside values is I want to operate with the help first mentality. I want to help people. I want to give endlessly. And I've proven that for years. Like, as my success has scaled, so has my operating with a help first mentality. You know, the amount we donate, the amount we give, the amount we do, the amount people we help, like we give very, very generously. And so what I realized in that season of like people, please, I think there's a lot of people pleasers out there afraid to be honest, afraid to ask for what they want, afraid to command or demand certain standards of the people around them is you end up getting burned. And you feel the worst because you know you were responsible for allowing that to happen. And so I went through some hard pivots of like, well, then fuck everybody. You ain't getting nothing from me. I ain't paying for shit. I ain't inviting you over. I ain't doing nothing. You done. You're already dead to me. Fuck them. And what I realized was, is I was going so far against who I wanted to be and like the integrity I wanted to operate as wholly myself is I hated who I became. I hated how I was operating. I hated the boundaries I had built. I hated the walls I had built, but I think I needed to go through that to learn one of, I think one of the most valuable lessons I've learned in life that most people do not understand, which is not everybody deserves the best version of me because the best version of me is going to give you everything I can. The best version of me is going to inconvenience myself for you. The best version of me is going to be there for you, whether it's 6 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock at night. If you need me, I'm going to be there for you. The best version of me is going to show up first and be the last to leave to help you do something. The best version of me will deplete everything I have for you. That's who I am. Well, that's a dangerous fucking way to operate if you're not protecting the people you're willing to let into that. Because sure. takers don't have a limit. Givers do. It's one of the hardest lessons I've had because it wouldn't matter how much I would do for somebody. It was never enough. They needed more and more and more until you're depleted. And then they just hop onto someone else's fucking bandwagon for a little while. Yep. I remember and everybody listening right now knows exactly who I'm talking about. There's they, that person <laughs> that bled you fucking dry and then hopped onto someone else's bandwagon. And you're watching them do the same shit to somebody else. They do. And when I first hired you, I was that person big time as well. And I remember that's one of the first lessons you taught me, actually, is that uh, 
you have to set some limits. You have to set some boundaries. You you don't stop giving to people is exactly what you said, but when you have to decide how much of yourself you're willing to let go um, to pour in other people. And uh, that was, a, that's a lesson that's always been very, very a hard one for me because I'm the same way you are, man. I will go above and beyond all day, every day for other people. And then the side note, I didn't pour enough into myself also yeah. in doing that. I wasn't being selfish enough um, early on and for me to save that energy and have it for the people who actually needed it around me. And they were all some really good lessons that I was able to learn, um, especially from you and not just from you, man, the, the other coaches on the team, the people that are in the around the entire win rate ecosystem, the other clients and stuff. Once I started getting around people who are winning at a high level and and figuring some stuff out, man, my life really began to change. Yeah, the boundaries and and protecting your energy is really, really important in life, you know, because you play so many roles, right? And you want to give everything you have to every role. You want to be the best business owner. You want to be the best friend. You want to be the best husband. You want to be the best father. You want to be the best coach. You want, like, there's so many best athlete. That's a lot of places to be the best that you can be. And when you start to let your energy slip into categories that don't matter or people or things or initiatives that don't matter, you end up not having enough left to be who you want to be in the roles that do matter to you. And that's typically what happens, right? You give it everything away all day. And then like, you're, why doesn't my wife understand how hard I'm working? It's because you're not saving anything for her, you dumbass. It's because she deserves the best version of you too. Not what's fucking left over. Like your kids deserve you to have some fucking energy left to do shit with, man. They, they just, they just don't understand. No motherfucker. You don't understand. That's right. That's right. And it, that's another big one, man, because the thing I like the most about being around guys like you is people who push you to be the best version of yourself, whether it's at home and your marriage, it doesn't matter as a father, as a business owner, all those things are super important. In fact, just uh, about a week ago, leaving WinCon after I spoke on stage for one of the first times, big group, super excited. I called a couple of my uncles. Uh, I lost my dad in 08 to colon cancer. His brothers, I, you know, I didn't have a, I didn't really have a parent to call. So I wanted to call somebody, let them know. I called my stepmom and I got home and I'm talking to Macy and Macy's like, bro, you didn't call me and tell me. And I was like, I didn't. And she was like, no. And I was like, well, that's crazy. And I said, the one thing you shouldn't say. I said, well, I called a few people. I would have thought I called you. She was like, oh, great. So now <laughs> it's even worse. But I, I realized in that moment, man, that that's something that I still do right now today is take sort of that for granted. Like she just knows. And yeah. uh, and and people don't just know. I mean, you have to be real intentional with your home life, just like you do your business. And so this is the part, too, I think that I failed at, which is why I can speak of this confidently now is. It's okay for your family to have needs and wants from you. Mm -hmm. And it's okay for them to ask. It's not that they're being selfish. It's not that they don't understand the mission you're on. It's not that they don't appreciate the struggle or the sacrifices you're making for them. But the bottom line is, is they would take you with or without anything you have. They just want you and they want That's you right. happy and they want you smiling and they want you happy to be there. And they want to feel like they are bringing value to your life. They want to feel like they're worth the investment of your time, energy, and effort. So typically when they're at the point of saying something, they are at 120% of their patient's capacity. They're, they're sure. starting to drop. They've been probably dropping hints for months that you have not been delivering, but you're like, hey, just, you know, I get it. I'm almost, just give me one. As soon as I get this job, babe, as soon as I get this, close this project, I swear everything's going to change. And it never does. And I did that. I chased the next thing always that was never them. I just expected there to be there when I was done. And unfortunately, that's just not fair to them because they deserve to enjoy the journey as well. And part of their enjoyment of the journey is you. Is you present? Is you happy? Is you smiling? Not depleted, angry, frustrated, depressed, anxious. Like that's not the best version of you. And that was how I operate. I lived in that feeling like I was never enough, feeling like I was chasing more feeling like I had to give them a better lifestyle by sacrificing my time with them. And the reality is I've lived in big houses and small houses. I've lived with brand new cars and paid off cars. I've lived with fucking cheap ass chicken and rice for five meals a fucking week and whatever, whatever we wanted, the finest wine we've had in the world, right? Like nothing makes my ha my family more fulfilled than me just being smiling and present and happy. I, dude, I know exactly what you're talking about. I sat down with Macy not long ago and I had a conversation with her. And I said, you know, since 
that hurricane hit, our lives changed. We went from kind of doing some some business, making some decent money to that catapulted us into the sort of the the marketplace big time. Yeah. And even behind that, we've won roofing contract of the year for years. Things have been crazy. Well, we sat down, it's been a few months back, and we really got really granular and, and had to figure out what it was that we wanted moving forward as a family, as business owners and all of that. And the one thing I said is like, look, I would be just as willing to go back to law enforcement and being in law enforcement because when I was a cop, we might have been broke, but we smiled a lot. And I was like, we haven't been smiling a lot lately. We've been stressed. I said, so we need yeah. to figure out what lifestyle we want to lead. What what boundaries are we going to build into our lives? Because I was confused early on. I missed I messed that one up big time, chasing revenue, chasing money, chasing jobs, chasing whatever it was. And I had absolutely zero energy to pour into my family at the end of the day when I came home. And 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 what I realized is if I'm going to destroy what I'm building all of this for just to build it, it really makes no sense at the end of the day to do that. Yeah. I mean, I think every parent in the world knows the feeling of like spending all that money on the perfect toy. And then the kid plays, spends all afternoon playing with the box that came in. That's right. Right. Like, and so that's, that's life, man. Like that, when it look, when it comes to your family, it is not about the quality or the money or this lifestyle or the things, because it just, it is all they remember is you and who you were and how you showed up and the way you came home and the way you said yes to the little things. And look, if your kids are like under the age of like 12, there's not one fucking thing they're going to ask you to do that they spend more than six minutes doing ever. You want to play cards? Six minutes. You want to go jump on the trampoline? Six minutes. You want to get in the pool with me? Six. Like it's literally nothing lasts more than six minutes with kids. That's right. And so just, I've, I have been very intentional about saying yes more. And the only way that happens is if I become and build boundaries around the other things, you know, the access, the accountability I have, the discipline in the morning routine, the, the discipline in my diet and alcohol intake, the discipline with who, who I'll say, yeah, I can't like, I get on a daily basis, pretty much. I get somebody sending me a DM thinking that they deserve my time. That's right. No is a very acceptable answer. And they are not going to understand or appreciate that. And their insecurities are going to get backlash on you. And they're going to try to insult you into getting what they want. It happens almost every day for me. But you just too big for the little guy. No, you can't help nobody no more. I have put out a thousand pieces of content just on YouTube and podcasts at this point. Don't tell me I don't fucking try. But I'm going to do it when I can do it. I'm not just going to give you time because you have access to my DMs. That's and right. people are like, oh, that 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 that's that makes sense. It does make sense until you're the needy fuck on the other end of the DMs. All of a sudden, you're fucking pissed off because I'm not giving you my time. There, every almost I don't say every time, almost every time when I say no, they find some way to insult me to try to get what they want. So let me ask you this: At what point did you stop? Did you actually stop just replying to those? I mean, I, I know early on. Because we all do it. We all start a business. We all start down a a path that we believe is where we should go. And yeah. in doing that, for example, roofing, you want to take in every job you can get. At some point, you begin to say, no, that's not a good job for us. No, this is probably not going to work out in our favor. Like, how did, how, what would you be your advice to give someone who is not have a DM full of people? You know, their DMs aren't full of people wanting that time, but it's probably coming. Yeah. But so I'm going to give a lesson on more than just the DMs. Mm -hmm. So I started analyzing myself as failing, having the energy for my family. And I looked at everything I was doing that was pulling energy to determine what I could eliminate, delegate or outsource. And so one of the, it, it's, it's an incredibly annoying exercise, but it works. It's a time study. And every 30 minutes, write down what you spent the last 30 minutes doing. Do it for five days. Do it from Monday to Friday. Every 30 minutes, write down what you, you know, I used a note on my iPhone. I wrote down everything I did in the last 30 minutes. I found a bunch of shit that was not mission critical. A bunch of stuff that didn't require Mike Claudio. And people are like, oh, you get someone to do that for you? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. Because if I can get somebody to do anything for me, 
I saw I, I heard someone use a rule of thumb once, and it was if you can pay somebody 25% of what you make per hour as a leader, you should just pay them to do it. Absolutely. Right. So if so let, let's just say you're you're a business owner and you make, I don't know, 150 grand a year, right? Well, 25% of that's like $35 an hour. If you can find somebody to do something for $35 an hour that does not require you, you should outsource, delegate, or eliminate that. Yep. And so that's why I started looking at what needs to be my Claudio, mm-hmm. right? You know, and so I started looking at a bunch of activity I was doing, even just even driving to the gym. Like I put a gym in my garage to save myself 30 to 45 minutes to an hour a day in commute time. Right. So I looked at everything on how I can become more efficient with my time on things that require my attention. And so it wasn't just the DMs. It was a lot of things. I mean, look at last year as an example. One of the hardest decisions I've made in business so far was to have to tell clients I couldn't support them anymore. And so I made a call. This is crazy. Like, I don't know if even you know this. But Q1 2022, I had 47 clients I was coaching personally. 47, Kenny. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot. It was 27 too many. And but I, so I'm breaking. Like I'm literally just breaking as a human. Like I wasn't just failing as a husband and father. I was failing everywhere because I was spending every minute I had either coaching, leading, or creating content. Like that was every minute went to that. And so, but, and traveling, right? So I'll get that in a second. So I was like, okay, I had to start off. And I had a, I called 10 clients that I thought would be good clients that would understand and be, be okay getting a different coach on the team. And I was like prepared to lose five of them. I'm like, Hey, I could transfer you or I can cancel your contract. Cause I felt like I baited and switched them because they Mm -hmm. signed up in December because they wanted Mike Claudio. And here I am in in April going, yeah, I, I fucked up. I have to pivot or I'm going to die. This is the options. And so all 10 of them accepted the transfer because they said, Mike, we trust you. We appreciate mm-hmm. you being honest about it. If you if you trust this person, then I trust that person. And fuck if that didn't surprise the shit out of me. Most yep. people understand you being com- like communicating proactively that you need to make a change. Mm-hmm. And so, but that was part of it. I had to drop clients. I had to drop activities. I had to drop podcast interviews. And then ultimately I had to drop all travel. When we moved in June after MDM last year, I dropped every event I was traveling for. That wasn't a win rate event. I dropped four or five paid speaking engagements because my family needed me here for this transition. So I analyzed the situation. This is the ultimate you know, analysis or test of this is, if you look at it like a like a salary cap, you only have so much energy. Okay, you have a cap on how much energy. Well, you can't put all that money into every category. It won't work. And so I was looking at my roles, right? Husband, father, athlete, leader, coach, mm-hmm. all these things. And I'm like, I'm off balance. Or my family needs more energy for me right now. Because like we, we pivoted to two hours away, new city, new house new routines. We started homeschooling, like all this stuff changed at once. And it was like, I need to make some hard decisions because my family needs more of me and I can't just fabricate more energy. I'm literally leaving it all in the field every day. So I was like, I got to drop this. I got to drop external podcast interviews. I got to drop travel. And I know for a fact that was, that made a, that had a negative impact on the business. Not that the business went in a bad direction. It just minimized the ultimate success I could have had if I had all my effort in that bucket, but I couldn't have all my effort in that bucket because other buckets needed more attention. So I, I canceled every trip I had for the remainder of the year. And like, I went almost two years traveling 10 to 15 days a month to zero travel. I haven't traveled in almost a year. Yep. Because my family needed me to be here as part of that that transition because here's the part I think a lot of fathers, I'm going to say just leaders in general but specifically fathers, I don't think grasp just my presence makes my family better. For sure. 
right? So when they're going through turmoil, they're going through challenges, they're going through temper tantrums, they're going through the struggle of this whole lifestyle change, just me being here makes them better. Absolutely. Makes them more comfortable, makes them more confident, you know, keeps them in line, supports my the, my wife. And when she needs a break, like just being here makes a difference. If I said nothing, just my presence makes my family better. Mm-hmm. And so they say, like, well, I'm not even doing anything when I'm there. No, no, just you being there sometimes is all your kids need to feel comfortable, to feel loved, to feel the, feel your presence. Like, that's it. Absolutely. I, and, I, and I get that. I see it in my life as well. And ironically, what's so funny about that is oftentimes when I step away from the business to focus on the family, the business actually runs a little better without me. It's almost if you look at the, my, If you look at win rate, absolutely true. Yeah. You know, yeah, we're, yeah. we're poised for another, you know, 50, 60% growth year mm-hmm. in April. Like we don't close another client this year. You know, if we say net even for the rest of the year, we'll have over a 50, 60% increase over last year. Yep. And so that's, but like back to your question around like, how did I decide when the DMs needed to go? It was when I started analyzing my time and studying where I was putting my energy and then giving myself permission, um, you know, permission to adjust. How often do you analyze that? Every quarter. Every quarter. So I do a time blocking exercise every quarter based on the priorities of that quarter. You know, typically I think life comes in four seasons, not just the Mm -hmm. weather, but like, you know, the kids routines and school and sports and vacations and, you know, business growth. Like pretty much every, everybody's business has some cyclical routine to it. Um, yeah, so I know for a fact, fourth quarter is going to be very busy for me because that's a heavy sales quarter for us going into the fresh year, right? So I just know I'm going to be busier in Q4 than I am in Q1, right? I, just, I know that for a fact. So like understanding the dynamics of the environment and, and the time study of like who needs me, where, where does my energy need to be? It's so about every quarter I reanalyze my my priority list. And I I, I, I do that priority list via nine categories, Um which I can share with you real quick. I think the audience would probably like that. I'm just going to pull it up. Absolutely. I don't, I don't have it memorized, but give me a second. While you're pulling that up, I'll ask a quick question. Yeah, because you're doing this analyzing, do you make all these decisions all by yourself or do you include your wife? Do you include your team? Because I think that's something I think a lot of people believe because you're the leader, you're the man of the house, if you will, that it's up to you to make all the decisions. So I operate in my house and my business as well. My leaders in my business, my wife are all included in in majority of all the decisions that are made. And I was just curious as how you do that. So I, I'm not going to say it's a hundred percent of the decisions I bring pe- I bring it in on, but there's a lot of times where I'll say, "Hey guys, I feel like this is somewhere that I can minimize my attention on. What do you think the best way to do that would be?" Yep. Um. Or hey, babe, like on a regular basis, I ask Tiff, like, "What can I be doing better as a husband or father?" Yep. And so that's a very objective question. Like, I want her to give me corrective answers in that moment. Like there's definitely times where I don't need her to fucking tell me I'm doing a bad job. Like a hundred percent. There are times like before dinner's not a time to tell me I'm failing somewhere. I need to eat. I'm hungry. I'm hangry. It, timing is everything. That's right. But to be fair, but there's also times like, babe, this is, I'm in my analysis stage. I'm That's right. She knows every quarter I'm re I'm reanalyzing my time. I said, Hey babe, where am I winning and losing right now? My energy and time management as husband and father. And she's like, hey, I think Everett needs a little bit more time from you right now. He seems like he's like looking for more. Like, hey, you've been doing a great job with me. I don't want anything to change as far as the wife bucket goes, right? I think you're crushing it. Don't make any changes there. I, I feel very fulfilled right now. Yeah. And so even hearing that you're doing some things well is reassuring sometimes. Absolutely. I just think a lot of us make the mistake of of assuming we can handle all of that on our own and so we can just fix everything. And I just wanted to point out the fact that even, you know, you, a lot of people that I talk to don't just, just assume that they got, they have it all figured out. I, th- I think taking well, that input from, from your family is insanely helpful. But I think as a leader, you know, whether a leader of a family or a leader of a company, um, you have to learn to make decisions faster with less information, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so if you get used to making decisions with, with as little information as possible, you bound to be you bound to be missing some perspective 
on the other side of the coin. So sometimes just you, you, you didn't make a bad decision based on what you knew. You made a mistake in not knowing enough of the details, right? That's right. And so asking sometimes, like I tell people all the time, hey, I'm asking you this. I may do nothing with what you tell me, but I want to know what you need and what, what you know or what you think. And so I think you set the proper expectation. Like just because you tell me so doesn't mean it's gonna come, doesn't mean it's gonna sway my decision making, but it might. So I want to know. That's right. And it also shows that you value the input, whether you yeah. use it or not, which is important. Yep. So your categories, you got them pulled up? Yep. So uh I'm pretty sure it's nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yep, still nine. So personal. Like simple, like for me, the only one in the, the last list I made was getting a haircut. I don't do enough for myself. That's a fact. But personal is like for yourself. There's a, a there's another one for hobbies in here that's different. Like this is for you. What do you need? You got to go to the doctor. You got to get a haircut. You want to get massages. You want to like whatever. That's personal. Mm -hmm. Professional development. This is where you're coaching, you're reading, your masterminds, your your podcast listening, everything. The professional development. Business. This is this is almost always the biggest category. It's like everything I need to do for the business, from meetings to content to coaching calls to travel to everything that's that's important to me in that quarter. Family, lunch, you know, date nights, date days, time with the kids, one on one time, family trips, vacations. Everything goes into that. Friends. Um, I suck at this one as well. I, I'm not good at making time for friends, and it's something I'm working on, but. Some people will have friends and they want to like, I really just need to prioritize time for that person. You hear that shit all the time. Man, I really need to do a better job of that. But then they don't do shit to change it. If you don't put it in your calendar to do it, you're never going to be like, oh my God, I have so much time today. Let me call my friend. No, because they're not available. You got to plan this shit. Hobbies. You know, for me, like I like tinkering my RC cars. Like that's how I turn my brain off. You know, I build them. I break them. I repair them. Like that's my strategy. And I spend... 10 times as much time building and repairing them that I do actually trying to drive them. But, but that's how I turn my brain off. It's a hobby that like it, it's, I spent a decent amount of money on it. Cause like, I think at a certain dollar figure in income, you have to spend a certain amount of money for a hobby to actually matter to you. You know, just, I, that's just my opinion. No, but hobbies, I get it. Yep. Home. So things you want to do for the home right now, whether that's like, if you're struggling keeping up with laundry or the dishes or the yard work or the garage or like there's probably a special project at your house right now, not you, but someone in the audience saying, man, I've been trying to get that done for a while. Well, I put that shit in the list. Things I want to get done for my home. Physical. So that's like gym, um, you know, extra fitness and exercise, whatever that looks like to you. And then financial. Time dedicated every month to my financial well-being, whether that's researching investments, our personal budget analysis, you know, business budget analysis. Whatever that looks like, it goes into that that list. So that's the nine categories. Personal, professional development, business, family, friends, hobbies, home, physical, and financial. And I basically just make a list of everything that is a top priority for me. And then I dump that into a calendar to make sure that the time blocks work where I have enough energy left for the things that matter. That's, I do it every quarter. Absolutely, man. I think that's I think that's big time. And then I I know in addition to that, like when it comes to your family, I know you don't just throw those items in there. I, you've, we've talked in the past. I know you and Tiffany take breaks and you go away, the two of you, and you actually plan for the family stuff. Tell me a little bit yeah. about how that looks. So we started doing this as a family, um, I think eight years ago, we started the process. And so what we do is at the end of the year, we go away and we we set targets and uh, different category lists, which is love, home, family, financial, physical, business slash career. Those are the categories for the family planning stuff. So we go away at the end of the year and we we analyze our success from the previous year and then we set targets in each of those categories for the upcoming year. And then we do a lunch date every Monday. Like I did it today. Every Monday we, 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 it's in the kitchen. We don't go somewhere. We just have lunch together. Phones away. We're just checking in on each other. Right. Cause weekends at this point are dedicated to the kids, right? Sports. And they're just fucking busy and they're still dependent on us to eat. And it's like, fuck, go away. But you can't do that. You gotta be there for them. Yeah. <laughs> and so Mondays are kind of our checkpoint. And then we do date nights twice a month. And then once a quarter, we do an overnight date night where we go away. We analyze where we are to our targets get drunk, have wild sex, and then get back to work. 
Absolutely. There's just something about hotel sex that's just different. It is. I love it because I like we we like having two beds, so we can just disrespect one, and then you got a nice place to sleep. (laughs) Yeah, that shit. (laughs) But yeah, so but but then we we so but that that was also like talking about where we came from. Like we failed at hitting targets for years. You know, we like when we first started, we would set the target list and then not talk about it for fucking quarters, not even months, quarters. It'd be like August. We're like, oh, oh yeah, that target list. Where are we at? Oh, we're not gonna hit any of those. We'll try again next year. Like that's where it started eight years ago. And then we're like, okay, how do we we just never we never gave up on us? Like, this is something that a lot of people do. Like, we Tiff and I never gave up on we're going to figure this out because we want to live a successful life, we want to thrive. And so it took three or four years to build the processes I just talked you through. Like we like we were saying, hey, we're going to go on more date nights this year, right? At, this is a great example. For three or four years, we said we're going to go on, we're going to prioritize more date nights, especially like once the kids are like the first kid is born, right? Like date nights become more of a, more more challenging. And so we we spent years saying we're going to do more date nights. When we really did it was when, it was probably three years ago, three or four years ago now. We, we bring a wall calendar. It's right here on my wall. You can't see it. We bring a, like a physical wall calendar. And before we leave that year-end trip, we have every date night on the calendar. Twice a month. And, and then we plan it because we know when our business events are. We know when our family, like we plan our family vacations. We, fa- we, we plan time with the kids. And we put our date nights on the calendar at the beginning of the year. So we prioritize us first. And then we make work and life fit around us. We used to try to make us work around life in the business, and that will never work. I don't care how cool you think you are, how disciplined you think you are, it will not work. And so, like it, this process has evolved over time. Where you know we we set a lot. I, I, we we looked back. It was funny. We looked back. I think it was like the 2016, 2017, 2018 goals, and every year for those three years, we had a financial goal to save five thousand dollars. And we failed every year. It's just funny looking back at some of the old targets we used to have compared to now. Like, I'll donate $100,000 this year. Yep. And that's not bragging. It's just like, that's also evolved. Like, when we first started giving to, like, donating, giving to the church, we were given $25 a week. Now we give $800 a week. Yep. And that just evolved over time. That's not bragging. It's just... What we did was we just started doubling it every year and saying, like, when we first started, it was like, this is uncomfortable, $25 a week. How are we going to afford that? Mm-hmm. And then and then we had a good year. We afforded it. And we're like, okay, I guess we'll go to 50 And then for the next year, we did $50 a week every week. And then it was like, well, God keeps delivering, so I guess we got to double it again. It went to 100 a week. And I was like, well, that's $5,600. How the hell are we going to do that? And then it was like, well, that worked again. Somehow God kept providing us, and we went to $200 a week. And then last year we went to four hundred dollars a week, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Babe, that's like twenty grand to just the church." And then this year we're like, "We can't keep, we can't keep ignoring this. We have to go to eight hundred a week." And we've okay. been giving eight hundred dollars a week to the church every week this year. And and we give like obviously we run the nonprofit, so I donate a ton mm-hmm. to the nonprofit. I like we always tip big, like we track that. I always tip at least $100, no matter how big or small the tip. So we track that as part of our giving, right? Like we blessed that person. I view that as a donation. Like, I don't care if you disagree with that. We track every time on a $6 tab, we give a hundred bucks. Yep. We've also had some $700 tabs that as a group, we gave $4,000 tips. Absolutely. And people are like, that's amazing. No, it's because this is who we are. This is what we do. People watch me do it, and then they want to be a part of it. Like, you want to change somebody's life. You can't tell me that's not doing God's work. Like, that maybe that's not trusting the church with it. And you can argue with me all day on this. Like, I, this is how I impact people. You want to change? go give somebody that has a, an average ticket for lunch of $25 and give them a $100 tip. They're used to getting $5 per meal on a good day. Yeah, so I'm going to apologize you. I'm going to hijack this from you for just a second. There's something that I have to share, all right? Because I've watched this happen. We did it multiple times last year. We've already started doing it this year at the Champion Circle meetups and that kind of stuff. So the idea of blessing someone with a big tip, 
was born for me at a win rate event last yeah. week uh for a few days i spent in nina wisconsin with shane rosano yep. and rosano customs training with them pouring into them they took me atv riding it was amazing but let me tell you what i saw mike you're gonna love this so <clears throat> man i may even get emotional about it and if i do that's okay uh, uh, that's Perfect. what this is all about 100%. so I, i'm sitting in the back of this training first day and Shane's production manager, Joe, you probably know Joe. Yep. Joe walks up to the front of the room. They had five new reps in the with the rest of the team, knowing that they just started their sales reps, they're not making commission yet, maybe can't afford to go and bless somebody. I watched Joe hand each one of them an envelope. And then he explained to them that in the envelope was $125 cash. And if they wanted to come to dinner tonight, he wanted to make sure that they could afford their meal, which is usually around 25 bucks, and then yep. give the tip as part of the blessing to the wait staff. He wanted each one of them to experience what living with an abundant mindset feels like and see, Dude, the that's look so on, cool. see the look on the server's faces. And then he told them what was the coolest part about it to me is when he gave it to them, it wasn't mandatory that they come. It was just, if you want to leave out of here and keep the $125, do it. This is what I hope you choose to do with it. I hope you choose to join us for dinner. So we went to dinner that night and uh, Shane's entire team, a few other business owners that usually accompany Shane on these trips. I got to meet those guys. But the tip was $1,900 for three high school kids. And Shane literally had two people. One of them walked up to me in secret and was like, hey, man, is, is this like for real? Or is this something he does for marketing? I was like, I don't know. I said, you see him wearing any Rosano customs gear? And he was like, well, no. And I said, I doubt he's probably going to get many jobs for it because nobody knows who he is. I said, this is genuine, man. I said, Dude, is this, you, you're, you're fortunate enough to be around a group of amazing People that night, I got tagged in two different Facebook posts from Shane's team. The two these these men were crying, like they're like they can't they can't even fathom it. They don't understand what's happening. Like I've never seen anything like this before in my life. But that also goes to show that you, Mike, you don't even realize the effect that it has because it just ripples down. I thought mm -hmm. it was really cool for me to see it in Nina, Wisconsin, happening. The same as it has happened at those TCC events. So since you got to talking about it, I said, man, I, I've got to share this real quick. And it was such a blessing to be a part of it and witness it and see, like literally see people's lives changing. It was, it was amazing. No, that's a really great story. No, that's it was, awesome. It was super cool to see, man. And like, really, really good. I, I, I'm going to say this, just being public about it. Like, there's an unfortunate side to that now that like I just assume we're going to. That's kind of taken the the surprise of it away from me a little bit. Um, and so I don't know if that's fair. I still love it, but I typically let other people do the delivery, of the tip now because I want them to experience that. I kind of just people most of the time they don't even know I'm the guy paying for it all, right? Like they the servers tend to not know because I'm not really a part of scheduling the events anymore. You know, we have an event staff for that now, so I'm I'm very disconnected from it now to an extent. You know, but like watching. You know, we, uh, Sam and I actually talked about it. So we've done, I would call it like four events this year so far. Mm -hmm. And on like $10,000 in total tabs, we have tipped almost $30,000 this year as an organization. And like, you look at it that way, that's pretty fucking impressive, man. That's really fucking impressive. And like, that's just cool to see and be a part of it. And it's, it's cool that it's just like become who we are now. Like people just like, they're just like, Hey man, here's the money for the tip tonight. Like it just, it's just like a, Hey, we're doing this. Like, it's not like a, are we, it's like, yeah, we're doing this. And one other tiny thing that, that I want to throw in there. He has a uh, employee that makes $45,000 per year. That employee picked up the tab for everybody's food and wouldn't take no for an answer. He's like, I've never seen anything like this. He said, I'm blessed. I've been around the right people. I've been saving a little money. I have the money to do this and I want to do this. I watched a grown man cry and decide that he was buying everybody's food. And even it came from somebody financially speaking, like if Shane had done it, it's a little yeah. different. You know, like you said, yeah. people kind of expect that. It's his team. It's his company. But to see one of his employees pick up the tab, and I was just like, man, this, this lives are being changed up here in Nina, Wisconsin. It was very cool to see. And all that, you know, 
stems down from the the examples that were set at, at a lot of those a lot of those meetups and uh man it's just i'm i'm proud of everything that's going on happy to be i i, I get so i can give giving's like as it as just part of our routine as it is it's still like even with the, a champion's shoes, like we probably send another thousand pairs this year already that we haven't even really talked about. Like I just do it for me now. Like it's, it's just kind of like, it's my thing that like, I love going in and buying 300, 400 pairs of shoes at a time. And like knowing the impact that that's going to make on the other side, you know, but I, I get, so I can give, you know, I had a question on the podcast on the ask Mike anything today about like, when's enough enough. And like, it's never enough because the target's not the mission. The mission is being productive and being valuable and bringing impact. There's never enough of that. That's right. You know, that's And so stuff is just an outcome of the mission. Stuff isn't the mission. And like, if they call it cash flow for a reason. If you just keep it all, you're just reservoiring that stuff and it'll stop filling up at some point. You let it flow in and out. Money, money always shows up when you do things for the right reasons. I believe that wholeheartedly. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I had a friend of mine. We went and ate dinner not long ago. And the same thing, my my tab was, I think, $26. I threw a $100 tip on it. And he looked at me. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, what do you mean? I said, I'm leaving a tip. He said, $100? And I said, look, man, if I can't afford to leave a $100 tip, then I have no business coming out to eat. I said, there are, there are bigger problems at home. And you could just see the light bulb spinning. It's like, wow. And uh, it's just, uh, I don't know. It really is so it, uncommon. It, it's just such it a nice common perspective. It is. I love it, though. For me, I think uh, I think that abundant mindset is the only way to go anymore. And when I, I well, remember I, but, the first time I saw it, I felt the same way. Like, what are you doing? And then uh, it's just not, it's not about that, man. I, I can tell you right now, giving a little bit of money away, regardless of the dollar amount, I've, I've never, especially when it hits the right person and you know that yeah. God put it on your heart for the right reason, that person, it, it just really, you know, like the other night with Shane and them, I'll bring it back up yeah. one more time. One of the kids was, had, had started to cry a little bit and said he was doing some mission work and wasn't sure how he was going to pay for college next year. And this would be, that would go help him big time tremendously towards some of those books and stuff. And it was just like, man, it's like, I see that it's not just, it, 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 I've never, we've never done it. And people are like, Oh, great. It's always like, they break down their emotional, like of all yeah. the days I needed this. And it's just, I don't know. It's a, it's a blessing, man. I've never cashed a check and had the feeling that I've had, even if it's just giving away 20 bucks, that that feeling of helping people is what fulfills me, not money, not money in at all. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, don't let this story deter you from lit, from going and doing something. Like, my journey started at giving twenty five dollars a week. That's right. Like, so like, don't let the story of the numbers we're sharing impact your willingness to go do something. Because no matter where you're at, and no matter the amount of money, like the fulfillment and appreciation, value, and and just general joy you get from giving, it, it does not have a dollar figure assigned to it. It all matters. It it doesn't. And also on the flip side, I'll share real quick. Don't be reckless. Like if you only have $200 to your name, don't go tip a hundred dollars. You still have to make it. You still have to make it to Friday. Well, I'm proud of you, but I ain't fixing that financial <laughs> loss. Like that's it. Like that's like, I like where your head's at, but uh, you should be a little. You know. <laughs> Touche, sir. But man, I, uh, I appreciate you coming on. We've been on here for almost an hour, man. Uh, is there anything you want to leave everybody with, with the, with the idea of avoid the confusion? Now there's a lot of confusion starting out in business. If you had one tip that you could give early entrepreneurs or someone struggling in business, what would it be? I'm going to give two because I don't right. want, I don't want people to feel like it's a sales pitch. One Over is, deliver. But one is go hire somebody who's been where you are is or been where you want to go to help you get there faster. And like, that's not a like pitch for win rate consulting or hire Kenny or hire Mike. Like that's not it. It's it's go hire somebody that can help you shorten the failure gap and avoid massive issues that delay time costs a lot of money. You know, it, it's incredible what can happen when you learn some lessons the easy way and the easy way is paying for them a hundred percent. But two would be, like build it your way, like whatever it is, you know, I see early on, they're like, well, my dad said this, or my mom said that, or my uncle said this, or my friend said that, like, ultimately it's your bed to sleep in. Mm -hmm. 
And if you build it for other people, at some point you'll wake up, look at your business and hate it. I've seen it. I've seen people build their business to be exactly what everybody else told them it was supposed to look like. It's not theirs and they wake up resenting it or hating it. And they don't even want to go in the office anymore because they hate who's there and they hate the people and they hate the processes and like they just get burnt out because they built it for the wrong reason. So build it your way. Whether other people agree with it or not, whether win, loss, fail, massive success, or bankruptcy, you'll at least know you did it your way. To avoid losses and bankruptcy, hire a coach, hire a consultant, take a course, like do spend some money to get some lessons. It's I will tell you 100% of the time, it is cheaper to pay somebody for the answer than for you to learn it the hard way. 100%. I agree with that. And then real quick for everybody who is listening who is not trying to hijack your DMs and, and pressure you into responding, how can they reach you or at least follow <laughs> your content? Yeah, I mean, if, if you go to MikeClaudio.com, you'll find the podcast, the YouTube channel, Winrate Consulting, and Champions Shoes, like basically everywhere that I'm present. Uh, if you go to MikeClaudio.com, if you want to learn more about the coaching program that Kenny's now one of the leaders in, um, just go to WinRateConsulting.com. Um you know, at Winray Consulting on Instagram, but MikeClaudio.com is kind of the hub for like all all resources, Mike Claudio. So awesome, Mike. Thank you so much for joining us today. And without a doubt, you brought a ton of value, man, as expected. So I appreciate you. Appreciate it, bud. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Avoid the Confusion. We hope you found it inspiring and informative. Remember, success is not just about the talent. It's about mental toughness, perseverance, and the willingness to learn and grow. Make sure that if you found value in this episode today, that you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. If you truly found it valuable, share it with your friends and family so they too don't miss episodes moving forward. And then don't forget to join us again next week as we bring you another top performer in there respect the field and explore what it takes to be the best version of you for you. Thanks again for listening to Avoid the Confusion. We'll see you next week.